visit patreon.com slash sword and laser. Sword and Laser hopes you will enjoy this program. everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. And we have to hurry because it's really hot. It's so hot. <laughs> Why is it so hot in San Francisco? I don't know. I <laughs> it's don't actually know. not as hot as it has been here in Los Angeles. It was 92 today. And we pushed all of our hot air north, I guess. I guess so. Right now... It's uh, well, it says it's seventy five outside, but inside my but house has cooled it down warmed yet. Up all day, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. and I have to keep the door closed um, uh-huh. for the recording. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. gonna try to make this a little bit from the fast Just side. Making it snappy today. A little snappy. What are you uh, nothing. I actually it was whiskey Water, Wednesday hopefully. at work. Hydrate. Um. <laughs> so I had a whiskey like three hours ago. Uh, but yeah, what whiskey that's was it? Ah. Oh, uh, what whiskey was it? It was interesting. Can you oh, it's actually on my Instagram. Um, oh, okay. Well, you look at your Instagram and figure out what whiskey it was. I will tell people what I was drinking yesterday because <laughs> okay. I'm not drinking anything tonight either. Uh, but yesterday we got our shipment from the St. Francis Vineyard that we visited over the weekend when we were up in Sonoma for a wedding. Uh, it sounds so fancy when you put it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had some St. Francis Old Vine Zinfandel. Nice. That's really I, good too. Really I love. Good. I like Zinfandel. Yeah. Um, I had earlier a Mackenzie bourbon whiskey, um, hundred proof, and uh, also had some uh, Tealings uh, that I brought back with, from ah, the, yes. from Ireland. Right. Nice. The Tealings. Did I spell Mackenzie the way they spell it in oh, the show notes? There. No, I have to look again. You can um, fix it. M-C-K-E-N-C-I-E. That's right. Oh, wow. I did it right. I just took a stab at it. Nice. Good job. Let's jump into those quick burns. Dara writes that HBO is close to ordering a Targaryen-centric prequel to Game of Thrones. It is reportedly set 300 years before the events in Game of Thrones and tracks the beginning of the end for House Targaryen. Uh, And I will add that uh, I have heard it is based on the book Fire and Blood, which is the historical book focusing mostly on House Targaryen uh, put out by George R. R. Martin last year. I'm confused. I thought this was already in the works. This was not one of the shows in the works. No, it is confusing. Uh, first of <laughs> it all, is confusing. they had like five pilots in the works, one mm-hmm. of which was about House Targaryen. You're not wrong. Then they said, only one we're greenlighting is the prequel about the first men and the Andals and the, the and it's going to have direwolves and it's about the Starks. That one is actually greenlit and it's definitely happening. This is none of those. (laughs) This is a brand new thing that they're close to ordering. So it's not actually happening yet, uh, but it's a different set of producers doing a book or or doing a series based on the book. So the the Mm. one that was about the Targaryens that you heard about in the first round of pitches was not based on this book because the book wasn't out yet. I see. Okay. That, does that even help make it make sense? It does. It does. It does. It makes sense. Uh, and it also, because they're all taking place in the same world, makes sense that there would be multiple pitches about similar yeah, topics. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. 
Tomahome says, according to io9, that Clifford Simak's Way Station is going to be adapted for Netflix. Uh, always good to have some more sci-fi coming coming the Netflix way. Uh, yeah. Matt Reeves is going to be the director. Uh, he was the Batman director. Matt Reeves is going to be the taking Batman. this on. The Batman. I'm the Batman. Uh, Waystation is about an immortal war veteran who is humanity's only link to alien life. And apparently it's going to be actually, I'm sorry, a film for the streaming platform. So it won't be a series. It's Mm. going to be Mm -hmm. a film. Kind of like Bird Box. Is that the name of that one? Yes, that is a film. Or Roma. Roma Roma was an Oscar winning film made for Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like bird, the bird box, the bee birds, one. the things, the birds and the bees. Totally works. No, that's and, good. Um, yeah, uh, the big fan of the the Clifford Simak. So so glad to see that happening. Hope it turns out well. Uh, TRP says this has been mentioned elsewhere in the Sword and Laser group, but not here. Meaning in the Quick Burns thread, uh, Richard Dormer, who you may know as playing Beric Dondarrion in Game of Thrones, has been announced as Sam Vines in the TV series The Watch, based on Terry Pratchett's Discworld books. Sam Vines is the commander <laughs> of the Ankh Morpork City Watch, uh, and if you don't remember, the series is based on characters from the city watch rather than any individual book. So it's kind of new stories, if you will. I'm excited for that. It's going to be yeah. fun. Hey, you know what? I re- I liked him as Beric Dondarrion. He didn't mm-hmm. get to really flex his muscles to Beric Dondarrion's a little bit of a one note character. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm immortal and I have a flaming sword. Let's go stick my flaming sword into stuff. <laughs> That's kind of what he did. As one does. Um, In in news that makes me want to uh, jump off my roof, uh, Dara (laughs) says that unfortunately Showtime has passed on the King Killer adaptation from Lin-Manuel Miranda. The show will be shopped to other networks, but as for now, the project isn't happening. Okay. It wasn't happening before either. It was in development. It's still in development at Lionsgate. It just means that Showtime... I'm trying to get you off the roof, Okay. Showtime has problems. This says more about Showtime than it does about Patrick Rothfuss, Lin-Manuel Miranda, or Lionsgate TV. Why would they pass on this? It's Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) It is a best-selling book series. It's Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) Did we also mention it's Lin-Manuel Miranda? He's going to put music in it. And Patrick Rothfuss, of course. But I mean, to the Showtime people, they should mostly be paying attention to the Lin-Manuel Miranda part, one would think. Right? I mean, and all, all, uh, all And the best-selling it. book series, fantasy book series, which, hey, Showtime, you want to be the next Game of Thrones? Why not do another best-selling fantasy series? Not quite as dark, but equally good, in my opinion. Uh, here's Here's... A few ideas of why Showtime would decide to back out of this, because like you say, when you look at who's involved, it does, it isn't obvious Showtime may be feeling the pinch that a lot of these companies are feeling where they don't have the rights to it forever. So when you saw sci-fi lose the expanse, it wasn't because there was a problem with the expanse. It was because sci-fi was making calculations that if they didn't have the, the online rights, which kept going to prime video to Amazon, then it wasn't worth their time to promote and put on the air. They wanted to own the stuff that they were promoting and put on the air. So then it could go into NBC, which owns sci-fi network NBC stuff like the Peacock streaming service. So my guess is CBS, which owns Showtime looked at this and said, "Mm, this was a good idea, (laughs) but 
we actually want to do like our Halo series where we have more of the rights to put on, you know, Showtime forever uh, and not lose it. I'm not saying that's what it was. I'm saying those are the kinds of things that can make a company decide, you know what, on second thought, no, because Lionsgate is going to own this. Lionsgate also owns stars. So, I mean, be obvious for it to just show up on stars, right? They own the rights to Halo. Showtime, which is something Uh, that they have proceeded with. But I, Microsoft might be more willing to let them have more rights because Microsoft isn't running a streaming service. Whereas Lionsgate is. too hot to be level-headed the way you are right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you hope that this is going to get picked up by somebody else. Fine. All right. Mark wrote, uh, this will help cheer you up now. <laughs> Sword and Laser Murderbot fans can enjoy the cover reveal and read a much too brief excerpt to the forthcoming full-length novel Network Effect by Martha Wells over at io9.com. Okay. I guess I'm excited about that. Uh-huh. Uh, it cheers you up. Okay. I know it does. Okay. Got I have to be excited. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of excited about that. Um, that, that is good. That's, yeah, it's, no, that's yeah. pretty good. Mark says that Brian McClellan is kickstarting his next urban fantasy novel, Blood Tally. He has finished writing the book, a follow-up to Uncanny Collateral, and the Kickstarter will fund production costs for self-publishing the book. This is this is pretty major, yeah. This was fun to see in here because uh, I've been seeing Brian uh, online asking for help uh, recording video uh, and asking for tips about Kickstarter backing packages and tips and strategies. And so it's fun to see that all finally come together as the actual Kickstarter uh, getting launched. So that's awesome. And guess what? It's already been fully funded. Fantastic. Nice. Uh, And finally, Dara wrote that V.E. Schwab's The Archived is being adapted from the CW by the team that made Jane the Virgin. Uh, According to Variety, in the series, the eldest child in a family of ghost hunters, Bex, has trained her entire life for the day she'll take up the mantle of the chosen one. But when her dad dies and her local weather girl sister wakes (gasps) up with the familiar powers instead, these night and day sisters want to figure out how to work together and save the world. I love that. That's a a fun twist. Yeah. (laughs) spoilers i guess but it's probably on the book jacket um but that's great uh this actually reminds me that i um and it reminds me only this is funny how brains work i'm Mm. thinking about the next thing i'm gonna say because i read the book i'm about to mention around the same time that i read the first v.e schwab novel that i ever read Uh Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been watching The Rook on Stars. Oh, you know what? I the, also the book covers had a similar like color yeah. scheme uh, on both of those, and so I often class those two books together as well. It's funny that you should say that. Yeah, and also the the book about the library. Uh huh. Where she could travel through the library. <laughs> Where she what was travels from the library because there's alternate universes. And we all yeah. we read all of them within the same year. A few months sure. of each other. It yeah. feels like um female char- female lead characters. Uh so yeah, I've been I've been watching The Rook. It is it's good. And Ryan likes it, which I'm very happy about. That's oh, always yeah. nice. No, yeah. It's really well done. It's on stars. It is. Uh, it is. The first season is done. So if you're like, eh, I don't want to spend spend money to, to catch up, uh, do a free trial or just pay for a month of stars and you can watch the whole thing. Binge right through it. Uh, I think it's unsung, unfor- unfortunately. I, I don't hear enough buzz about it for as good as it is. Yeah. Um, which which is weird because Outlander also on stars, but definitely buzzy. Yeah. Uh, but maybe just because it had a bigger fan base going well, into it. 
I think that has to do with Sam Sykes. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But, well, well, not so much him as his mom. Right, <laughs> right. He loves that bringing. He loves bringing that up. We should definitely no, have him on the show and ask him about that. I'd ask him just to only ask him about that yeah. until he explodes. Yeah. Oh my god, no. he'd be so mad. He'd be so funny. He'd be so funny. Um, let's definitely do that. We should. Don't tell him no, though. Don't anybody no, in the audience do tell him that. Shh, don't shh, tell him that. <laughs> we won't do that. Um, we won't do that. The rook is good. Uh, I. It is. It feels darker than the book. Um, yeah, to me, a little bit. It, 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 I agree. She, Miffany, I think it starts with the same darkness, but it kind of stays mm-hmm. there where I feel like Miffany, not to get too spoilery about the Rook, but as her character realizes what's going on, I feel like she gets a little brighter and more self-confident than the Miffany in the TV show, which did, is, did you is watch? A, have you watched the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. I have. I'm a couple episodes from being done. And I, you know, I think she's going to get that. Well, and she kind of does get there, depending on how you look at it. But uh, I think they did that on purpose because they really want the viewer to be on, you know, to build up that tension in the TV show a little more. Well, I wonder why they called the grafters vultures, just like one of those. Oh yeah, you know, I'd forgotten. I got I got so used to it by the end of the show that I forgot about it. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. probably grafter. They were like, people don't know what that is. Call them vultures. They'll get well, it. It's so fu- well, I, I now I am getting into spoilery territory, but I I'm I said that kind of offhandedly to Ryan, my husband. I was like, oh, it's so interesting that they call them vultures and not grafters. And he was like, grafters? Oh, are they like some kind of secret society that like <laughs> like binds DNA to their bodies and blah blah blah? And I was like, yes. Maybe that's why they didn't name them that. <laughs> I, know. I was like, huh. huh. Um so anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. But yeah, enjoying it a lot. All right. Enough about me. Let's talk about you and Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. HT to at Sword and Laser for the recommendation of Volume 1, Theft of Swords. My first read along with one of their picks, and it was a home run. Home run. HT Some being hat tip, by hat the way. Hat tip, yes. Yeah. I was, I, I didn't know if you knew cause you said it that way, but I was going to correct you. Glad I didn't have to do that. Mm. Glad it worked mm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you, Chris, Chris Beverwick, uh, for, I'm glad you enjoyed also, uh, theft of swords, which was one of my favorite recent picks as well. Excellent. Trike says, OMFG, the far side is back. To anyone under 30, this probably means nothing but to us old farts. This is a return to our youth. I am very <laughs> excited about this. I feel like this fits into Sword and Laser because there's a lot of sci-fi, science-y references in the far side. Um, you, I feel like, Tom, you must have been a, a far side fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, it was Tassie Dave. No, it was. It was? Yeah, I, I clicked through to the link. You clicked through to the link and it was, I'm so sorry, Tazzy. I don't know why we I said that. We apologize to Trike and Tassie Dave for the confusion. You're both old farts. Don't worry. <laughs> Trike's like, I'm not an old fart. Stop it. <laughs> How could you possibly confuse me for that? I am <laughs> um, a huge uh, Yeah, no, I was fan. definitely clipping out the far side from a print newspaper and clipping it to my dorm room wall. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, those, those are all true facts, what I just said. I had all of the calendars. I loved the calendars, the day-by-day the day ones. And yeah, it says the soon-to-be 
new era of online Farside is coming soon. Which yeah. I'm super sweet. That's all we know, pretty much. I, I mean, they are the New Yorker cartoons for geeks, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very stoked on that. Still classics. Still classics. And then Christos wrote, uh, what villain do you think has done the most amount of damage to a universe? I say Palestine from Star Wars. He caused two major wars, destroyed a planet, and decades later, he's still inspiring people to keep billions keeping his legacy alive. To which Ian wrote... Nice idea. I'm afraid Palpatine is a rank amateur when it comes to destruction on a cosmic scale. And then goes into E.E. Doc Smith, Ian Banks, Alistair Reynolds, Cixin Liu, uh, and the Daleks, (laughs) for example. I tried to help him save face by changing it to Palpatine in the show notes. But I see you went, you clicked through to the original once again. I'm sorry. It's okay. But it is Palpatine. Um, Thanos? I mean, he kind of, I guess he didn't, he, he killed half of all things in the whole universe. Yeah, that's pretty big. That's pretty big. I, I gotta say, Thanos is definitely a contender here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, he, if he fits into sci-fi fantasy, which I think he does. Um, yeah. Um, Lu with the alien monitoring stations changing the nature of space time from three dimensions to two dimensions. It's pretty, it's pretty hardcore. That's pretty hardcore. That's pretty hardcore. There's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of baddies that are like world eaters, but when you get into changing the dimensions of a entire universe, yeah. that's a little bit, that's, that's a little extra as they say. Yeah. It's going that, going that extra yard. A little extra. All right. Well, thank you everyone for submitting your barrier swords. Remember you can tweet at us at sword and laser, send us an email feedback at sword or send us a voicemail message at four one five seven sword six. Just so you remember, I'll say it again at the end of the show, but let's uh, jump into some book of the month discussion. We are wrapping up trail of lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse. Uh, but first, should we talk about our October pick? Yes. Uh, The reason we had a Sam Sykes reference earlier in the show is that Veronica has picked Seven Blades in Black by Sam Sykes, published in April 2019. Uh, April 2019? That doesn't seem right. I feel like that's a typo. But anyway, uh, it is uh, going to be... That's what it says on Amazon. Yeah, look at that. Uh, The Gallows Black arriving in May 2019 feels too soon. Maybe that's the typo. Anyway, Seven Blades of Black is our pick by Sam Sykes. It is described as being about a girl with a magic gun who hunts down seven mages who owe her a debt of blood and sorrow. So, I mean, it's going to be great. I actually just started like digging into it. And already the main character is really flippant and cool and awesome. And I'm going to have so much fun reading this. I actually asked Sam which of his books we should read. (laughs) And this was his recommendation. So if you don't like it, you can blame Sam. Not just for being the author, but <laughs> also for, for being, being the, the author, recommender. But also for the, it, was, it was a guest recommendation from the author. Yeah. Uh, but I've uh, been, I haven't read any of Sam's books and I hate that because he's such a great guy and such a great writer and I've been meaning to do it for a long time and I'm excited to, to have this as a pick. Yeah, no, I was really glad that you picked this uh, because, like you say, uh, Sam's a really fun guy to read on Twitter. Uh, He's a super nice guy to meet in person, and uh, there's no reason why uh, we shouldn't have read something by him already. We've interviewed him for the show before. I think this gives us a chance to interview him again, don't you? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would like yeah. that very much. No, the Gallows Black did come out in May. Okay, I was I didn't have that wrong. So there you go. Once you finish Seven Blades and Black, boom. Head right on in to read the next one. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, should we uh, do a quick wrap up of Trail of Lightning? I, I kind of can't believe we're still like on this book because I feel like I read it a very long time ago. This is the problem when you read, when you get done early, right? You feel mm-hmm. accomplished, like I'm ahead. But then when it comes to the wrap up at the end of the month, you feel like, wait a minute, it's been so long since I read it, even though it's only been a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, we can be spoilery now. So if folks don't want to be spoiled at all on Trail of Lightning, uh, we, we may be spoiling things here. But in the end, I found it to be a satisfying book that left me feeling very much like it was first book in a series, even though it's a self-contained story, um, Mm -hmm. which is usually my criticism of a book that makes me feel like it's the first in a series is like, oh, you didn't give me everything. I'm going to have to keep reading. Don't feel like that. Like we've got a full story beginning to end. And if you never read or if Rebecca Roanhorse had never written another one of these books, uh, it would have been a satisfying conclusion to this tale. But there's some nice tantalizing things that it's pointing to for the next round uh, that you could have left out. They weren't essential to the, to the main story. Well, actually I take that back. The fact that he has gone missing certainly what makes you want to have another story, doesn't it? So there is Mm. one, one big cliffhanger there uh, that, that she has killed him Mm -hmm. except we're all sure he's not dead. I, I suppose you could have just wrapped that up in the book and then called it the end. Um, but my point being that I'm making horribly here is I felt like I just got to know the characters by the end of this story. And so the next book I think will pay off more because I already know who she is particularly and who he is. I, I think I agreed with a lot of the the discussion happening in the forums about the ending. Um mm. Nils and a number of other people were very confused about the rings, for example, that Coyote gave mm-hmm. Maggie to use. Um, I'm not, I haven't, I didn't listen to the audiobook, so I'm not sure how to pronounce her former mentor lover's name, Nizgani. Yeah, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was meant the hoops meant to to trap him what those actually meant we didn't get we we got like an a, an assumption about what they were supposed to do but we never really learned what they were or how they worked um but then it just seemed like all the stuff that coyote was leading up to mags went and did anyway like all of the she figured out his plan but then she kind of went through with everything anyhow because she was pissed and that was the thing about maggie that i didn't love is that I, I never really felt like there was a lot of character growth for her. And maybe, maybe that was just, I, maybe in- I'm misinterpreting it, but I didn't think she went through it because she was pissed. And I felt like that showed character growth that she went through with it because she knew it was the way to get to actually win. Yeah. And, and to me, that was the character growth is that she had finally got to the portion where she was like, I'm not, I'm not pissed. I actually understand what's going on but I've matured enough to know that I have to do this anyway. Mm. I guess she found kind of a loophole through it by killing Kai. Well, I I think what's confusing people or maybe even leaving people unsatisfied is that you don't get him back. (laughs) You don't get him back. I think if you had got him back in this, in this book, everybody would be like, Oh, okay, good. So we get resolution, but that was left for the next book. And maybe if we had that, we would be like, 
they don't have to be happy together. They could just, he could be pissed at her, but at least it would have made, had some kind of closure to that situation. I don't even think he, he understood. Mm -hmm. I think he was like, no, you've got to do this. So I don't think he'll be pissed at her. Um, It was pretty clear to me that she was like, ah, okay, I am going to pretend to do whatever they want, but I know how to do that in order to undermine it. And I thought that was insanely clever. Um, Yes, it's not. There is no magic system here. Stuff just happens, just works. And that's going to bug people or it's not. I don't think that's a weakness per se. But but yeah, I think it's more that we didn't get Kai back. I really was assuming that by the end of the story, I, I would, Kai would appear like she went, when she showed up, uh, mm-hmm. and her, her sort of, uh, her, her uncle friend, uncle uh, mentor was back, person, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, Oh, Kai's going to be there. No, <laughs> I was like, well, crap. And then I'm like, Oh, she's he was leaving back. that for the next book. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, it was, it was great. And also I, I think I, I think I'm pretty sure it was, was it April in the, in the forums? Um, Someone I really, sorry, I'm looking. Oh, it's, it was, it was, maybe it was Robin. Mm. I'm not sure. It was, it was, there was a, a, one of our, one of our listeners was talking about how they didn't even understand why we were supposed to relate to the relationship between Maggie and Nizgani just because we didn't get enough of their background to see why she was kind of, well, I guess we, we saw the, <sighs> The attack on her grandmother and her in the trailer and Isgani mm-hmm. kind of rescuing her and pulling her out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good reason, but it doesn't I really mean, I, I think it's fair to say I would have liked more background of her and Nizgani. I, I think yeah. that's absolutely fair to say. He kind of just seems like an asshole all the time. I, so we didn't get really uh, well, get the good aspect of him other than the fact that he saved her that one time. But I don't think I don't think it undermines the story unless you want it to. Um, if you're like, well, I didn't get that. So I'm just not going to believe. I mean, it is easy to believe that someone like Maggie would have, uh, against her own interests been dazzled, you know, by this God (laughs) essentially. Uh, and, and I felt like a lot of the effects of that relationship were shown in Maggie's personality. So in other words, they're not written out for you like Nesgani did this and Maggie felt that. You're seeing it reflected in her reactions. She is very clearly a victim of an abusive relationship. I mean, that comes out over and over and over. And I think it's pretty clear what that relationship was. It was a relationship with Nesgani. So when he shows up and he's an asshole, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I guess that that all makes sense because that was the relationship she was in. Yeah, it just felt like a very abusive kind of relationship. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, and I think it was supposed to. I think it's supposed to feel that way. You're not supposed to think it was a a, a love story <laughs> in the past. I think you're supposed to feel like she survived it. Mm. At least that's the way I took it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just realizing that now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Deep. Yeah, I would say if you're if you're thinking like. Nesgani is an asshole. You're right. If if you're thinking like, I don't understand what Maggie saw in him. You're right. Like, I think that's the story working. Right. And it would, yeah, I think it would have been nice to get a little more background so that we would understand that, Oh no, this isn't a, 
heartwarming love story <laughs> in her background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least that's my, I don't know, maybe I'm way off base, but that's how I, I don't think it. I saw it as, as a heartwarming love story, but I mm-hmm, think I wanted mm-hmm. to understand more about why she was so fixated on the relationship. And maybe that's just not understanding that kind of power dynamic in a relationship. And you'd have to do it through flashbacks because yeah. one of the things that's so good about Maggie is she feels like a very real picture of a survivor mm-hmm. and that she would not be telling people about Nesgani if that's the case. So that all fit for me. Right. Um, I, yeah, I, I was kind of lukewarm on this book a little bit, honestly. Like I, I liked some aspects of it. I don't think it was my favorite. Um, I think I had some problems with my feelings about Maggie. Um, and I think, I think it was really Maggie that I just didn't connect with in the story and being the main mm-hmm. character. That's, you know, kind of important. Um, I liked other characters. I liked Kai. I liked the, the family that she kind of turns to. Uh, that was a great scene. Yeah. That, that whole scene setting where she comes into the bar and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she's the, she's the bad girl and, and they, they sort of treat her well, despite the past. I love that whole situation. That's where the book really, really got in its groove for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I never really connected to Maggie. And I think that was one of the reasons why I just couldn't enjoy the book in the way I wanted to. Um, And there was so much more about the world building that I wanted to know about. And maybe that'll come out in later stories. Uh, But I'm I'm sure it will. But yeah, I think. And for me, especially the at the end, the last battle just felt very rushed and confusing. Hmm. To me. I was not confused by the last battle at all. I was left unsatisfied. Very, you are very smart. Nah, I don't think that's it. <laughs> uh, I was left unsatisfied by Kai. Uh, I agree with you that it's hard to to understand and like Maggie, but man, I I I got I keep going back to like that's just a really good depiction of of a survivor of abuse. They're 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 hard to approach. They're hard to love. Mm-hmm. They're you know it's 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 hard for them to make connections uh, and. I, Maybe maybe it's just too good of a picture, uh, and there needed to be maybe. other ways to compensate for that. I don't know. Because honestly, I had I I really I was comparing it a lot to Kate Daniels because that mm-hmm. is another kind of urban fantasy story that takes place in a post apocalyptic world with a a supernaturally preternaturally strong powerful woman with a sword or a mm-hmm. knife, and who also comes from a a difficult background in which she suffered a lot of psychological abuse. And yeah, when I say it that way, they're actually pretty similar in in a lot of ways. Yeah. And yet I connected so much more strongly with, more, with Kate yeah. Daniels for some reason. And I, mm-hmm. I, it's not clear to me why. Yeah. I wonder she, what those little missing pieces might've been. Yeah. I mean, maybe Kate just was written as a more likable character. I, you know, I hate to say it, but maybe she just, that was just the way she was written. You know, I liked like, Maggie. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe, I, I th- yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, you tell him, Maggie. Don't take any shit from anybody. Good job. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't really relate with with either of their stories at all. It's uh-huh. not like I related more to Kate Daniels. Sure, I'm not sure, sure. currently married to a wear lion, um, <laughs> but <laughs> or am I? <laughs> or are you? Um, but yeah, I think it was just a, a different way of telling that kind of story. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, that, no, that's a really good comparison. That's interesting. I think that 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 would make a good thesis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 
for my master's in, in yeah. urban fantasy in literature. Yeah, yeah, sword and lasery. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I'll read the next book. Um, I don't feel super driven to. Um, I enjoyed this different kind of setting. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I'm, I'm glad it was written. Yeah. Great world building too. Um, See, that's I, where we disagree. I don't, I don't feel like it was great world building for me. Mm, you're just disagreeing with me on everything though. I'm not. Not yeah. not for not to be difficult. No, 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 not on purpose. I'm just saying, like, I, yeah. I thought it was great world building because she didn't explain everything in the world. That's not what made it great world building for me. Cause then mm. yes, it's mm-hmm. not great world building in that that way. But the background of the world is very cool. Like I'm the little hints you get of what's happening outside and how what led up to it and what changed inside uh uh Dine, uh I loved all that stuff. I thought that was great. Good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I also, Mm, I, I, I I enjoyed it. (laughs) All right. Now I feel like I'm being the jerk. Yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think, I, I think because I'm being so positive, you're feeling like you have to point out the things that, that, uh, less appealing to you, which is fine. So, so I should give you a chance to say the things you liked about it so that people don't think you're just trashing the book. No, I'm not just trashing the book. I I mentioned earlier in the episode that I wasn't a huge fan of the world building. So this isn't just coming up out Mm -hmm. of nowhere. Right. Um, it was just not all of this was for me. Yeah. Which is fine. What did you like about it? Let's finish there. Um, I mean, I liked, I, I, I liked Coyote. I like uh-huh. those interactions. Yeah. Um, like I said, I liked Kai. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked his uncle and and that relationship. I liked that yeah. coffee was a major player in this world and very that, important that to everybody. That always wins me over when, mm-hmm. that, when that happens, yeah. Um, I like big, big fan of the Expanse for that reason, too. Yeah. Um, and I liked the family that lived, that mm-hmm. owned the bar. Yeah, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Super positives. There you go. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, I think that about, about wraps up our episode today uh, in this hot and sweltering California weather. And of course, super cool down here in LA. You should oh, move down here. What's cool? Well, I'm coming out next weekend. Yeah, come Not on. Not next weekend, but the weekend after. Weekend after. Yeah, yeah. It's be fun. fun we tens. bought a um, at the at the winery. We bought a dragon's head wine dispenser. Whoa! So you know how they have the little dispensers you put on bottles and bars. It's yeah. that, but it's a dragon head. And That's going to the be thematically the- appropriate for our yeah, exactly. Friday night. Yeah. We're going to see Game of Thrones live, you guys. The uh, the music of Game of Thrones live at the Hollywood Bowl. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so good. All right. Our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Not paying for that trip to L.A., by the way. That's just on me. Nothing to do with that. Not a work-related trip. Um, thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. And if you would like to help support us, you could head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also show support for the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Ways to get in touch with us, as always, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. <laughs>